College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to banter back and forth, maybe preview some games, predict some games involving college basketball. What else? We, we do have a variety of things to uh, start the show with. We'll, we'll start with some recap over the weekend. Um, several upsets this weekend. And even since the last time we did a show, Tennessee has been on a slide of late. Um, Wisconsin got beat. My Gophers got beat. A variety of folks, Virginia Tech, got beat. A lot of ranked teams getting beat. Clemson got beat. Florida State's kind of looking like they're turning the corner. Right now, Virginia and Syracuse is playing. And with 9.15 left, in the second half, uh, 59 to 44, Virginia still unbeaten in the ACC. Um, I kind of was wondering, you know, Syracuse coming off that nice win, and they had a, you know, they're, they're big. I can't remember his name, but he did really well. I was kind of like looking forward to, to kind of see what was going to go on um, with that game, but right now it looks like Virginia has got it locked. We'll see if Syracuse can make a run later tonight. Uh, in about 60 minutes recording time anyway. Number 10, Texas Tech, and number 11, West Virginia Square Up. That should be interesting. Um, this weekend, the SEC in Big 12 uh, matchups, they kind of square off, so we'll talk about that. So, yeah, recap, a little bit of betting line stuff, all sorts of stuff that we'll get into in just a little bit here. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it over radio streams live at our archives. However, you know, you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it over radio and, and, and download the show there. Or listen to the browser. If you don't want to, you can find the college ball show under the rope it over radio podcast on Apple podcast, iHeartRadio, player FM, tune in Spricker, stitcher really across the board. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found pretty much anywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's basketball, football, baseball, boxing, everything in between. And real quick, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or, or you have cut it and you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. They do have a seven-day free trial. There's no annual contract. Once you sign up, the plans start as low as $55 a month. Of course, you can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And just for signing up, you get a seven-day free trial of HBO Max. If you sign up for the Max package, that will include HBO Max, plus a free month of Showtime, which is normally $11. That's AT&T TV now, like I said, live streaming cable. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, who, you know, we were talking off uh, show, off air, uh, last Monday after we did the uh, show. And uh, you could kind of tell, you know, that he was a little, he was a little bothered, let's put it that way. Um, something was up with his nose and it kind of seemed like allergies or, you know, sinus stuff or whatever. Um, a week later, how you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling good, feeling good, uh, very happy to not have any 
more symptoms. Uh, I got a, a positive test, which many, well, millions in the country have, unfortunately. And it's but, positive COVID, just so you know. Uh, it's not yes, any kind yeah. of like, you know, disease, other disease or anything. Because like <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. out at the bar and stuff like that. So we don't want to get So, yeah, everything, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I, I believe my symptoms have pretty much gone away. I went for a, a run today. I didn't see anyone. I stayed away. I, I hid and I hid and ran quickly, but I went for a run, felt good. So I think things are looking up. Uh, I've been watching a lot of sports. I've actually binged uh, some really good shows. Uh, Chris, if you've not seen um, Gangs of London on AMC, that's worth like the weekly AMC pass for subscription. But that's a tremendous show. So put that on your list. Uh, Gangs of London. My God, that's. Uh, a super violent show that's on regular cable. So yeah, it's been a lot of TV time, been a lot of sport time. And to finish my intro today, I will say I, as a basketball and a softball coach of high school, there's days where I beat myself up because as a coach, you always regret making dumb decisions. But after watching NFL playoffs for the past three weeks, I really, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not the only person that makes dumb decisions and I get paid four thousand dollars a year to coach and yesterday after seeing matt lafleur who gets paid more than four thousand dollars a year make a dumb decision I'm like you know what I, I i'm not that bad like out of all the coaches in the world last night that dude was getting ripped about more than anyone and i think he deserved it but at the end of the day whether you're a middle school high school college or pro coach i i think sometimes people forget how to make smart decisions as coaches so Sucks to be him. I can't believe he kicked a damn field goal. I was hoping Rodgers would win, but on to college basketball. Well, hold on. Uh, you can't or, just uh, say you're hoping Rodgers win and then move on. What kind of shit is that? All right, go ahead. Let's not let's not be here too long. I just had to put that out for sure. anyone from Minnesota. I like the guy. My, 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 my buddy, I've always thought Rodgers is the best quarterback I've seen play, but my buddies always said Brady, and, of course, yesterday that didn't help my argument much. <laughs> <laughs> well, At you know, all. Brady was slinging it around the two yesterday. I mean, oh, yeah. he, even that Brady. first toss, the good one. Well, uh-huh. I mean, that was a bad toss. It's just he got bailed out through three picks. So he didn't have his best game either. No, he, he didn't. But the crazy thing is, is that now uh, Tom Brady has more playoff wins against NFC teams in his career than uh, Aikman, uh, Breeze, and uh, uh, some other people, it's like, dude, <laughs> the, the dude's never going to go away. Seriously, he's <laughs> 43 not. years old. And, you know, he made some bad picks yesterday, but he still won. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. He's still on the winning it's, side. Four, 43 years old and the dude's still chucking. Maybe there's a chance for us, Chris. Maybe there's a chance. We're, 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 we're younger than 43. We, we're, we're not done yet. Oh, but uh, on to college basketball after my fun intro, as always. Um. We're getting close. Like, we're less than six weeks away. Um, actually, this will be a fun intro to start, then, we'll, then I'll throw it back to you and we'll get going. I did see some news on March Madness, and I'm going to ask you this because this makes no sense to me at all. I'm sure there's a plan to, but I don't know what the plan is. The March Madness this year, which is a go, okay, we're going to have the Indianapolis bubble, they're changing the days of the games, which I find yeah. fascinating. So, Opening weekend is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, which sucks because 
who uh, I, I can only imagine how many people are going to take the day off Monday. And then for your second weekend, you go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So the Elite Eight weekend is Monday, Tuesday. I think that's awful for TV. It's awful for gambling. It's awful for people on to watch. Um, I have a feeling there might be something to do with like COVID, but I think the longer you draw stuff out, it doesn't benefit anyone. I, I really don't get it. I, I know it's going to kill the ratings just because you're, you're, you're going to lose eyes from games that you would, you know, a Saturday, Sunday compared to Monday, Tuesday. Have you heard any rationale, Chris, on the news of switching the days? I mean, even if it's a medical decision, you're prolonging things. It just, it seems weird. Uh, the Monday and Tuesday, I mean, I'm going to watch, you're going to watch, people are going to watch, but it just seems like a, a weird decision made by the NCAA for tournament dates. And this is just like my co-host too. He's got a great topic, but he didn't tell me anything about it. So I can't even further research to give, you know, a, a great answer rather than just a good answer, but I'll still do it because we're live on air. Um, well, hold on. Monday and Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are the best TV nights. So calm down with your TV thing. You know, that that's not true. Past 6 o'clock, and we're talking Central Time, that's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are the best nights for TV, period. So it could have something to do with that. I also heard that the second weekend will make it so every single uh, game will be televised rather than going at the same time. So that kind of pops a hole. In, in the ratings thing too, because if they're all being showed rather than some of them, that that throws it in there too. But um, yeah, but they've always done the four channels, right? I don't know that. And this is where I don't have the research because oh, you didn't okay. tell me. I don't know the research if they're shrinking it or if there's something else that came up. What I do know is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's not that different from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the first weekend. So if you were going to take Thursday off, you need to take Thursday and Friday off anyway. So you take Friday and Monday, whatever. I don't know. Um, I think it's just we're used to that Thursday and the Thursday, so it's messing it up. But as far as dragging it out, the national championship is still on a Monday night. So nothing's getting dragged out. That's true. Um, It doesn't go. It doesn't extend. It's still a three-week thing. It's just a day off, really. That's basically what it is, a day off. And I heard that the second week, uh, just because I, ju- I I saw the headline, read a little bit about it, but I did hear the second week they're going to show every single game this way. And maybe instead of having it on uh, True TV, which probably doesn't get as many ratings, maybe they will be able to do it this way, have it on CBS, TBS, and TNT. But I don't ha- I don't know that for a fact. But it, it does kind of throw you off, especially the back-to-back Thursdays. You're just used to it being there. So I know what you're saying. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I, I just thought that was an interesting talking point. Um, and, again, I, I did read an article. I didn't see any really any improvised reasons for it. But, yeah. Um, but, nonetheless, as long as we have that, as you and I have said, um, we're all going to be super happy. Um, to get into college basketball, um, as my co-host said last week, a lot of ranked teams lost, um, and it could have been assigned Thursday uh, simply to, uh, with a thing to come for the weekends of upsets of, of a Thursday night game in the Big Ten. Um, last podcast, I talked a lot about Iowa being a really good team, and I 
they still are, but they actually got smoked, I would say, but they lost by 12 points, which to them is actually getting beat up pretty bad. Indiana walked into Iowa and won. Um, Iowa at home has been phenomenal this year. I've watched Indiana, who really offensively has not looked that good, but they do have a player named Trace Jackson, who's one of the best scorers in the Big Ten. I, I, I would, I just, it blew my mind. They, they, Indiana 81, Iowa 69, um, which Chris kind of goes to show, we talked about it quite a bit last week. The Big Ten top to bottom is, is really special. And also on the same night, Penn State wins at home. Who I know, okay, you're one and five in the Big Ten now, but you beat Rutgers. Um, just for a Thursday night, the fact that you essentially had two upsets or two teams who were under the uh, their opponents in the division ranking, it's really the the teams have been beaten up on each other really bad this year. And I know the win loss records at times when you look in the Big Ten can kind of be jumbled together, but I think sure. the committee this year is going to truly see okay, hey. Um, you finished fourth in the Big Ten. One, you maybe have uh, five or six conference losses. Well, let's look at that because even though you have six conference losses, you actually played in a really damn good conference. The, the Big Ten, man, it just keeps throwing punches and punches, and it's truly been fun to watch, and there's going to be no slowing up for the next month of the regular season either. Yeah, and something to keep an eye on right now, it seems like the Big 12 and the Big Ten are the top two conferences as of right now. Um, top heavy, the, the top four or five, there can be an argument. I'm not saying I'm going to make it, but there can be an argument that those are stronger teams. We'll see. And maybe not even the top four or five, but I mean, that kind of top heavy, but also Baylor and Iowa and how that lines up. Right. I think that plays into what I'm saying, but, um, yeah, I mean, there, there is a lot of upsets actually Purdue has found life in the last couple of games. Uh, they beat Ohio State once again on the road last Tuesday, uh, which kind of plays to what you're saying. Uh, even more, Creighton lost at home to Providence uh, on Wednesday. Clemson lost to Georgia Tech, like you said, the Iowa game. Um, that was pretty interesting. And, and, you know, you have Maryland on, you know, on the road against Minnesota. They now have, for the first time ever, they have three ranked uh victories on the road um maryland that is i'm speaking of tennessee got beat by a missouri squad who's on the up and up i mean there was a variety of i mean technically ohio state at wisconsin was a minor upset um i mean there was a lot of upsets uh syracuse virginia tech i think i mentioned that you know um earlier in the show clemson going down like there was oregon i, I actually forgot about this oregon went down UCLA went down too. My goodness gracious! Like, I wonder what what would have happened with Michigan State, uh, Illinois, even though Michigan State's struggling. But yeah, as far as just to to make your point pretty cleanly, yeah, I mean, definitely top to bottom, it is the best conference, the Big Ten. Now, pound for pound, with less teams. We're going to see what the Big 12 does, and we got to see the ACC challenge with the Big 10 that happens earlier in this year, and maybe some of this will get sorted out minorly. Um, in, well, it's obviously going to get sorted out over the next four to six weeks in overall once we get to the tournament, um, but let's keep an eye on the Big 12 as well because they, um, they're looking pretty good, I'll tell you that. And Let's talk about Baylor um, 
in general. You know, they're they're undefeated, 14 and 0. They took on an Oklahoma State squad that's better than you'd think, um, and they were out without I think their leading scorer, their second leading scorer, but they, they were out you know without a key guy. And I mean that game, they had the lead a good chunk of it. Did Oklahoma State, and it really came down to about a three minute run, 15 to one run um, in about three minutes that put them up I think 63 to 59 or something like that. And Baylor really didn't um, look back from there. Um, but when you look at Baylor, it's kind of interesting. Like, I'm not trying to, like, change the subject because Oklahoma State's really good too. But when you look at their numbers as a squad, scoring margin plus 26, right? That's first in Division One. They have uh, their sixth in points at 87. They shoot 42%. From the three, that's six. Steals, they're six in the country. Assists, they're ninth. I mean, I hate to keep going over this, but I, I just said that they're, you know, they're three-point shooting, right? But just to put it in perspective, uh, Marshall, this, this, this is just going down their line. Um, we did this with Iowa last week, actually. They have someone shooting 49 percent, 35. OK, that's kind of, you know, in the middle, whatever, 42, 42, 41, 43 percent. And there's even a guy that comes off the bench that shoots 62, but he hasn't shot many. But when you have four guys, one, two, three, four and even five, because he plays 14 minutes that can shoot 40 percent, even if they go 38 to 40 percent or more. That's pretty crazy, man. Uh, Baylor's kind of has never been a complete team in a sense. And it's looking like they are this year, Marshall. I was going to say, is this the best Baylor team since we've done our podcast? So, I mean, we've done this pod, I believe, for nine years. And I would say of the nine years, almost every year at some point, besides maybe one, two, Baylor's always been in the top 15, top 10. I think this could finally be the year where, at least as of now, they're in the most complete team. Now, again, this speech has been made before, and this speech was made, and it goes down the drain because most of the time Baylor doesn't even make it past the Sweet 16. So I don't want to get too excited. I mean, I'm not a Baylor fan at all, and I, I know the, all the numbers you read are respectable, but this is, I mean, we, we've given this speech a ton, and since we've done our podcast, I don't think they've ever made the Final Four. I don't recall in the past nine or 10 yeah, years. Yeah, they made the Elite Eight, I think, as like a three or four, you know, something like that one year. I remember that. a chunk. Yeah. So they've had one deep run. And again, it, you're we're talking about a, a top 20 program in the country, I would say, roughly on average. Like there's nothing to be ashamed of there. But they do have a lot still, of one and dones, too. I noticed that. Yeah, they, they're That's just kind of helping they, yeah, they, they just they really struggle to make it past opening weekend. I'm, I'm talking about my Mondays and Tuesdays like they've, they've not been playing many Saturday Sundays or this year, Monday, Tuesdays, just because they always seem to have a slip up moment here or there. And a lot of times it's against a mid-major underdog. I mean, it's one thing to lose when you're in the, um, you know, Sweet 16 or lose to a like a blue blood like you're, you know, the, the third game of the tournament, no matter how good you are is always going to be respectful. Like once you make it past the first weekend, you're not, you know, barring you're playing an underdog team who's on a, a magical run. You're going to have a, a, a fist fight. You're going to, you're, it's going to be hard to win. But 
they've had a lot of slip-ups against teams who you couldn't even find on a map. So is this the best Baylor team we've seen in 10 years? On numbers, probably so. But that doesn't mean a whole lot because until they actually make a, a Final Four run, like, you know, okay, it's encouraging. They look good. They're, they're having a great year. But we've said this speech probably five of the past seven years at some point about them. So we'll see how it plays out. I do think that winning the Big 12 would be a confidence boost. And I think winning the Big 12 tournament would be a confidence boost. There's something to be said for maybe achieving, you know, maybe their team goals this year, Chris, were to win the Big 12 or win the Big 12 conference because that's something Kansas has done religiously. Now, does win the Big 12 conference guarantee you a Final Four spot? No, but maybe it shows that, hey, we've gone from being a good team to, hey, we've actually won our conference now. Maybe that's something to build off of mentally. I don't know, but just a thought there. Yeah, and, and it would be coming in differently if they had a number one seed, too, which is, I don't, have they had a number one seed? I don't recall. I don't uh, so. I, I think they've, they've been, been a two. two. Yeah. yeah, they've been a two, I recall, but never one. At least once. Yeah, yeah, at least once a two. Uh, they did too bad. They didn't get to um, go against Gonzaga got postponed. They did beat at the time, a hot Illinois squad. They've kind of, you know, been in the big 10, I guess <laughs> um, the, the Texas game got canceled, but it, they did get to play them again. Uh, they beat a rising Oklahoma squad, um, beat Texas tech and Kansas back to back. Um and I thought a pretty good Oklahoma State squad, like I mentioned. They play Auburn, who actually we'll talk about it. They have a, a player coming back. But they have a, a game at Texas, um, at Oklahoma, Texas Tech, back-to-back games, home and away against West Virginia, make up for that. Then Oklahoma State, then Kansas to end. So, I mean, if you look at their last chunk of games, they're really going to have to uh, prove it down the stretch. So maybe that'll be part of what we're talking about where they uh they can actually you know have to prove it and and end up you know getting a a really high seat you know what i mean i just when you look at i mean now that we played a fair amount of games uh to have that many dudes that can hit a three especially in nowadays basketball that shit's pretty impressive yeah it is again again i i i I nothing against them. Not a fan. I'm just kind of neutral with them, I guess. We'll see. Can they put together a year where they make a deeper run? Um, and again, I, I, do, I truly do think that if the, if they were to win their conference, that could be something different that proves they're for real. Um, Cause speaking of their fellow opponents um, <clears throat> on that Saturday, Kansas lost again. Um, Oklahoma actually beat them. We were talking about Oklahoma before the show started. Um, they're not ranked, but they're having themselves a respectable year. They're probably a team who's um, either in the tournament hour or, or close or like on the bubble, as Lenardi would say. So um, Kansas, though, fall down. They were ranked ninth. I don't think they deserve that ranking. Um, I think that ranking of ninth was due to their name on their jersey. Because if you look at the record, they're four and four in the Big 12. And they're ten and five overall. So um, hell, even Duke. I mean, you know, Duke is on the bubble right now. And they're a five and five team. So I think it's kind of like the the treatment we talk about in college football. The same thing goes for with a lot of these college basketball teams. It's so weird for a, a great team to have an off season that it seems like it takes the people with the polls a little longer to knock them down a couple of ranks. But for Kansas, your last three games at Oklahoma State. 75 to 70 loss at Baylor 77 69 loss 
at Oklahoma, 75 to 68 loss. Now, all three games are on the road. Sure. Is that tough? Yes. But a regular top 10 team in Kansas doesn't lose all three games in a row, Chris. Again, I'm not shedding a tear at all. I, I love seeing KU lose. I've never been a fan. Um, and again, like hell with Carolina, with Duke, with any school, you're going to have a down year eventually. Um, it is weird to see them fifth in the Big 12 as of now, but um, you're playing a good squad. Um, and honestly, the team's ranked above you. We just talked about Baylor. Um, Texas is having themselves the best season since Shaka Smart's been there. I saw he just tested positive for COVID. Hopefully he's able to come back because, again, what they're doing right now is uh, a special run. Oklahoma's 5-3 and three, and Texas Tech. Uh, is also having a nice season at four and three. So we've always wanted it, Chris. We've always wanted someone else to win the Big 12 this year. I I I would be truly shocked now, as of today, on 125 January 2021, if KU came back to win the Big 12. That would be mind-blowing because that means you would need a lot of teams to fall in front of them. But uh, a down year for Kansas, again, they're ranked 15th. So they're probably going to be making the tournament no matter what, it seems. But um, a little a little change of pace in the Big 12, and there's also a, a change of pace we'll get to in a little bit in the SEC. And to be fair, they did take on the number one team in the country, and I remember it being a decent game. Let's actually look at that. 102 to 90, they got beat by Gonzaga. But they, they did beat Creighton, who, uh, you know, was, was eighth at the time. They beat Texas Tech on the road, then beat West Virginia, who was seventh at that time. So it's not like they just popped up in the rankings out of out of the blue. They did actually up until their just butt whooping they took from Texas, um, 84 to 59. I think some of that was in there. Now they're on a losing streak for the first time since 2013. But, yeah, I agree. I, I, when you look at that, they got to play Tennessee, who's actually struggling too majorly. Um, they still got to play Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech. Yeah, West Virginia. So they, I agree. I don't think that they'll win. But as far as why they're ranked, I think that's why you're ranked when you have two wins against top 10 teams. You're probably going to be ranked a little higher. So it can just it can kind of throw things off. Um, watching a, a good chunk of that Villanova game, Providence gave them a game, hung with them, and, and Villanova just kind of outlasted them. Um, that was a pretty good game, though. Ohio State beating Wisconsin. I thought that was a, a pretty good, you know, a pretty good game, pretty good win for Ohio State, who's kind of bounced back now. Um, UConn is, hasn't it? We haven't talked about UConn in a little bit um, on the show, but they did beat, or they lost to Creighton, but it was, I actually watched a good chunk of the second half and a little bit of the first half uh, just last night on a replay. And, uh, they were right with them, and Creighton just kind of put them at an arm's length, and then they just couldn't get over the hump. But I wonder if UConn – I saw a couple of uh, lively players, I'll, I'll put it that way, um, that looked pretty good. Maryland seems to be finding their, their, their groove a little bit. They, had, they got off to a really bad start. Um, that Ayala just went off, 21 points, three steals. Um, and the Gophers just couldn't couldn't find a, a bucket besides Marcus Carr um, and uh, Mashburn Jr. off the bench. They definitely struggled uh, most of the afternoon. They they got down quick, you know, and then um, 
Well, I won't get too too detailed in the game, but they they end up losing, unfortunately, for my uh, my co-host as well. Florida State's not ranked, but they're starting to get their thing going. They've had less games. They're nine and two now. They handled Clemson, and I'm wondering if you know this isn't going to be something that we're going to see a rising Clemson team, or I mean, sorry, uh, Florida State team who you know has been pretty solid all these years. Well, as much as we've always talked about Baylor, I would say Florida State's probably right up there, too. I don't think um, Florida State's missed a tournament since we've done our podcast. I'd be I'd be surprised if Leonard Hamilton's missed a tournament in the past nine years. It's maybe been once at most. But they're also a team that never makes it past the first weekend either. So, um, you know, if, for a Florida State team, they always have a couple of super long guys. They always have a couple of seven-foot centers. They always have one guy who's going to be um, an NBA lottery pick, it seems, each year. So I, it wouldn't surprise me, Chris, to see um, Florida State making a little bit of a nice run. Um, also, Clemson, you just mentioned them. This is the best Clemson team we've seen in – a really long time. Like Clemson's normally always been the finished 500 in the ACC each year. Um, respectable kind of team on the bubble, maybe goes to the NIT. Um, this year they're actually having themselves a bit of a nicer season. So we talked about how last podcast, the ACC is down a little bit this year. If you look at rankings and it doesn't help that um, Duke is struggling, Carolina is struggling, but Clemson, they're actually probably for once looking to be an actual um, tournament team. Although, I mean, you look at their three and four in conference. I mean, that would have to definitely improve, but uh, hell Clemson was, I felt like they're ranked a little bit ago. Well, hell, I, just, I don't know. I guess they're beating each other up, but um, Clemson's better. Syracuse had a chance to get a nice win tonight. They actually just a handful of minutes ago or so lost to Virginia. Um, Virginia, though, now, Chris, is undefeated in ACC play, as we'll kind of go through the ACC here. So Virginia is atop the conference, 7-0 in the ACC. Florida State, as usual, Leonard Hamilton, they're 5-1 in second place. Virginia Tech, 5-2, they're ranked 20th. They seem to pretty much be ranked around the 20s every year. And Louisville's 5-2. The sanctions are over. Um, hopefully you've gotten rid of all your troubles in your dorm rooms. Um, this could be the first time in a while that we've seen Louisville maybe make a potential deeper run. They, it seemed like they were kind of in a rut there for a couple of years. And then you got Pittsburgh at four and two. I wonder uh, what happened there. What happened to Louisville where they're in a rut? I don't, <sighs> I don't, I don't know. I guess, yeah. It's yeah. mm, unfortunate. Uh, Pittsburgh's four and two. Um, this is the first time in in I would at least four to five years where they've not been the bottom of the conference. Um, you had uh, Capel, who was uh, Coach K's right hand man for a handful of years, who's now had a time to develop his own program at Pittsburgh. Um, hopefully, he's nicer to reporters than his fellow coach was. <clears throat> um, and then my Tar Heels are five and three. Uh, Carolina, my boys start off pretty slow. Um, but that's because Roy brought in four freshmen, which normally we don't bring in that many. And, and the four freshmen learning how to play. Um, but we've won our past five out of six. We beat NC State um, this past weekend. So um, I'm cautiously growing optimistic for my Tar Heels. Your, your Gophers are this is definitely a year where your, your team is much better than mine as of now. Um, but my Tar Heels are w- w- learning how to win. 
Um, I think we'll definitely be a tournament team as long as we kind of stay near the near the top half of the ACC. We're probably looking at like a, a seven to ten kind of seed. But um, I, I'm not saying much about Tar Heels here because there's not a lot to brag about them yet. But it's nice to see progress being made. And yeah, the ACC. I mean, Duke is in at three and three, which as a Carolina fan, I'm not crying. Um, but again, same with Kansas. Like you can't be good every single year. There's been years where Carolina has gone to the NIT. Like you can't, you know, you got to have your down years at some point. So, um, and as I just, just some, some are further down than others, you know, when they have a down year, some still true. make the tournament. That, that um, is true. I do got to clean something up though about Florida state. You said they, they don't make it out of the first weekend. Normally um, not. Well, I mean, in, in recent years though, like last year, obviously we didn't get a chance to see, I think they had, They'd look pretty hot going in, but um, if you look at 2017, 2018, they made the Elite Eight and lost to Michigan. And then the year after, they lost to number one Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. So I'm just I just want to clean some of that up. And I hate Florida State, but that's really a football thing. I actually like them. Um, <laughs> I like them in basketball, but not necessarily not football at all. Um, and by the way, it's a final 81 to 58. The defense and the offense for Virginia is Virginia. We are on the ACC, right? Is Virginia just going to walk away with this this thing or what? I mean, you're undefeated. This is the best offense Virginia's had since Tony Bennett's been there. I, I heard that clip during the game. Um, if that's the case, if you're still playing pretty elite defense and you can play and you can score. 70 points here. This, this this might be a team to be like worried about for once because it's always been why well, you're gonna have a rock fight like 50 to 42, but this year like they're dropping 70 to 75 points a game. So uh, as of now, yeah, I, I, pr- yeah, prove me wrong. Like I mean, uh, Florida State, like I, everyone's having a nice year, but yeah, Virginia right now is the top dog for sure, just because we're they're they're not having to like magically pull out teeth to get to 55 points a game game Chris yeah this could be a a very scary squad to end up playing come uh six weeks from now yeah and and you said for once for Virginia I hate to keep doing this to you but you said for once for Virginia you got to worry about them okay, I mean I know well, they're they, in your squad but well, I, mean, I mean okay they, they won a title but this is they the just best. won a title like how many years ago Okay, they, but it's the best. They, they actually have an offense that can like make up. They're not just a defensive based team. Okay, so I, it it makes them scarier than normal. Yeah, they won a title, okay. big deal, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> this is this is a more aggressive. Virginia so they're a better team, team than they were when they won the national title. Is that what is that what we're trying to say right now? They could be. I mean, offensively, they are. All right. Okay. I mean, we're we'll gonna see. have to go back and check those stats then. Um, but I'll wait to another show. I'm not going to do it to you now, but five, five and one right behind them. Uh, Florida state, Virginia tech kind of fell on their butt there with that loss. That kind of surprised me five and two. Yeah, that, that's going to be, a, it's a good conference though, still. And man, let's go to the big East. Shall we? Villanova yeah. has some games to make up. We talked about how they, they, they really do have a close, there with uh, a bunch. I mean, Creighton's second at seven and three, but they do get to play Creighton two more times, so that really helps 
try to make up for some of this stuff because, you know, in conference it is, you know, it is, look at it, seven and three, that's 10 games to five and oh. So we're still going to find out, you know, just how good Villanova is. Obviously they're well coached. I did see their last game. They look pretty good. But even a team like Providence, who's four and five, we just talk about UConn. They look on the up and up. Xavier kind of snuck up ten and two uh, at three and two in the conference. You can really see Xavier, Nova. What are the other teams that haven't played many? Uh, that's actually, oh yeah, actually Georgetown and DePaul. But I don't think they're they're going to be in it. But this is another. This is just a basketball conference. And I remember when they when the Big East split up. This. The teams that they added, Butler, to me, and Creighton, too, I, I just – I like what they did with this conference. But it, it's a, it might be a little top-heavy this year, but it's still a solid conference, and it'll be interesting to see how Villanova does this. Third in the country right now, 5-0, and 10-1, but they still got their work cut out for them. Like I said, this has been my favorite <clears throat> conference to watch all year. Um, it just because overall it's fun, competitive. I, I don't know why. I just like the teams. Creighton's definitely the team I cheer for. Um, but they've been they've been shooting the ball like trash of late. Like they're a three point shooting team, and they've not been shooting three that well. They were able they were lucky to get that UConn win. Um, again, with speaking of UConn, I I hope they make the tournament because as I've said uh, a couple shows already this year that uh, James Booknight is one of the best guards in the country, but he's out. He had an elbow surgery and he's back in three weeks. So you got to find a way to stay afloat in your conference so you can be a, a tournament team. Cause he's one of those guys on a given day could, uh, will his team do a win. But as of now they're, they're four and three in conference. So, um, it's hard in college basketball, like in the NBA, if you're a good team, you can, you know, stomach some time just cause the, the season's longer They're the, the making the playoffs is relatively easier for a top team. But in college basketball, if your studs out for three weeks or three to four weeks, that's a lot of time where someone's got to fill in for his, his shoes. And that's hard to do. Um, Seton hall, I think they should be ranked. Um, I know they're not, but if you watch a team play on a given weekend, they're, I would say definitely a top 25 to 30 team. Um, and they got a couple of good scores, a center that blocks shots like crazy. So Seton Hall is having a nice year. Creighton's having a good year once they get their shooting back. Um, Xavier's a super fun team to watch. I don't think their offense is good enough, though, but they're always playing close games. Um, and Providence, uh, as we go kind of go through teams, Providence is actually, I think, really good. Um, they're four and five in the conference, but you have a legit big and a legit guard. Um, I know that you can't just win a game with two people, but Providence is a team who I think will finish above where they're at right now, just because they're, I don't know, they're one of those teams where they always play people tight. Um, so yeah, top to bottom, Chris, um, Villanova is definitely up top. They deserve their rankings for the ones they put together. It'll be just interesting to see as they go through the rest of this conference, will their record remain undefeated, kind of similar to Virginia, or will they suffer a couple of bumps in the road? Um, I did watch them play Seton Hall this past weekend, and the game started off as basically a, a three-point contest. Uh, Seton Hall hit a three, and Nova hit a three, back and forth, back and forth all day. Uh, but Villanova was able to shoot better. So if they want to play up tempo, that appears to be successful for them. And Jay Wright always just seems to have a pretty good offense in general. So, yes, a very fun conference. I'll be super excited to watch that conference tournament. 
And yeah, I hope that Seton Hall and Providence can both make March Madness because I said I've enjoyed watching them play all year. And UConn, get your guy back, and hopefully your record doesn't go too far down. That's a good call. And and having to play Creighton twice uh, for Nova and some other teams too is really going to you know make that interesting. We're going to get to the Pac-12 in just a second. UCLA is looking good there. Uh, one of their games, if not, is it two times that thing's been postponed with Oregon? At least one. But they actually made it up that, that it's back on the schedule. But as far as the SEC, speaking of running away with the conference, is that what's going to happen here? Because it kind of feels that way. Obviously, we know Kentucky's down. They're having all sorts of uh, malfunctions, I'll put it that way. Funny thing is, I just mentioned threes from Iowa last week, Baylor. But look at freaking Alabama, dude. They got a 42% shooter, a three-point shooter, 48, 41, a 36. Like, they got some shooters. They got a guy who barely plays in miles, but he's shooting 38%. This squad, um, like I said, I watched that game. uh, I think it was against LSU, who came in there just, like, ready to score, and they had all these great stats in, in the SEC. Uh, so far, SEC play, obviously, we're, we're, we're still getting through the season and whatnot. But it was like, okay, let me see this matchup. I mean, SC, they came in, LSU came in first in points, field goals, free throws, and three, third in the three-point percentage. And they just destroyed LSU, Alabama did, 105 to 75. Like I said, they had six threes. Like four minutes in, followed it up with a good win, 81-73. Um, they have Kentucky, which I'm not going to call it a rivalry, but at some point Kentucky's going to start putting up decent displays, I'd assume. And then they have to, their cross-rival for this SEC uh, Big 12 Challenge on Saturday will be Oklahoma. So so Alabama has a chance. I mean, they still got to play Missouri once um, Auburn, like I said, is getting someone back. Actually, let's talk a little bit more about that. It's a, it's a, it's a young dude. Where is it? Damn it. Um, a freshman Cooper, five games since being cleared by the NCAA, 21 points, nine assists. So Auburn might start to knock on the door and make some noise. But right now it looks like Bama. It looks like football over here right now. Well, if that's the case, could that be a sign of Mizzou being back next year? I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll, Mizzou being ranked 12th? Okay, I'm good with that. Uh, well, speaking of, since I'm talking about Mizzou, a team I've cheered for, I've, I've rarely talked about them on the podcast just because for the past seven years, they've only made the tournament twice, and they've been beating the first round both times. So um, this is definitely the best team Missouri's had in a very long time. Um, they're a very good defensive squad, and they like to run up and down the court. And one of their best players, Pinson, is averaging about 20 a game, it seems, every time they play a big game. So, uh, again, it's just, I guess, confident, nice to see. Again, you're the best team you've had. and the be- This is the best Missouri team they've had in seven years. So it's encouraging. You went on the road to Tennessee and won. Um, Tennessee never led that game. Um, but Tennessee's half-court offense is miserable. And that's why they're four and three in conference. Tennessee, many people say, plays the best defense in the SEC, which is a beautiful thing. But if you can't score the ball, your defense really doesn't mean crap. 
So uh, again, if you're wondering why Tennessee is ranked 18th and four and three, it's because their offense just isn't that good yet. You got time. They're obviously going to probably be a tournament team no matter what. But if they can figure out the offense, they'll be okay. If they don't, though, it's going to be a, a pretty rough finishing stretch. Yeah, um, and just to add on, Missouri they got they they beat a ranked Oregon team earlier. Uh, Wichita State, I saw them against Memphis. They looked okay. Memphis won that game. But when Illinois was playing like quote unquote Illinois, they beat them earlier this year too. And and so they they got beat pretty handily against Tennessee, but they came back and won that game. So they do have you know a nice little resume thus far. Yeah, it's just I'm not sure why. Like I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of people predicted this for Missouri this year, but I'll I'll definitely I'll take it. And again, we we talk a lot about just mental mindset as we did for Baylor earlier. You know, could winning the Big 12 change your outlook on the season? Well, for Mizzou, hell, this is the first time we've they've been second in the conference this far in the season since I don't know when. Like I know that they were a two seed eight years ago. So maybe it's been eight years since you've been this high in your division. So uh, definitely encouraging. And speaking of them being second, that means someone's got to be first. Um, you know, I you can never take what a player says, like, you know, 100% truth, because obviously, as you and I know, Chris, there's certain quotes that a player will use, like after a game, it's coach speak or player speak, whatever. But it was after one of Bama's games like a, a month or so ago, maybe a month and a half ago. And this player was like, yeah, you know, when me and this guy get going, I think we have one of the best offenses in the country. And it surprised me that a guy would say, hey, when me and my teammate get going, we're, our coach feels we're as good as he won in the land. And I remember hearing that quote. I was like, oh, that's interesting because that's, you know, either this guy is full of crap or maybe Bama's got an offense I should be worried about. And. Looking back after that comment was made, I was like, hmm, I think that player was telling the truth because his quote is, when, when our offense gets going, we're super hard to beat. If we focus on defense, our coach says we're a damn good squad. And <laughs> I wish I could have invested a little bit of stock in Bama because yeah, that right? guy was definitely telling you the truth. Like, you're 8-0 in conference. You're ranked ninth in the country. As you said, you're catching up to Nick Saban on the, on the rankings for, you know, a couple more spots up there. But – this is a team who's just on a roll. Like, I, I, no pun intended. They're just, they're, they're crushing and killing people. Like you said, they shoot the three really well. They're offensively talented. As their coach said, if we can play some defense, we're going to be okay. This is just kind of a fun story just because I don't think anyone really predicted this happening. Um, Avery Johnson was an okay coach there, but they were pretty much an NIT team every time in the tournament with him. So, something's changed. Maybe you got some recruits in, maybe you got some talent in, maybe that's something Avery Johnson had done before he left. But this is a, a damn good looking team, Chris, who's just on a war path. They're eight and two and second place is four and two, third, third, is, uh, five and three, five and three. So they're, they're looking really good right now to win the SEC tournament this year, or uh, excuse me, the regular season. Yeah. And we'll see if they hold it because obviously having Kentucky and, and Auburn and some teams down Florida, Maybe they're taking advantage of that, but maybe they are legit. We'll see uh, real quick with the Pac-12, UCLA, Ukula, I like to call them Ukula, um, starting out 8-0 in the conference for the first time since 1982-83 season. It was 7-0 before their last game. Um, and that dated back, I believe, to their national championship run 
Um, I know that they, they're playing Oregon later this week. That got canceled. Um, it's kind of a wait and see, obviously, with the Pac-12, Washington, and they've had some okay teams that have made a little bit of noise, but um, as a whole, the conference has been struggling of late, but we'll just kind of uh, keep an eye on it. Every once in a while, we talk about how Thursday nights, especially when we were going to school a chunk of years back, um, Thursday nights on FSN before FS1 existed, um, Thursday night used to be Pac-12 night, dude, and it would always be a good game. Sometimes it'd be there'd be a Timberwolf game on, and then you get to watch like the, it'd be a doubleheader normally. Um, but I do remember when the Pac-12 was just popping up. But we'll see. Maybe maybe Ukula, maybe this is the the year for them. Um, tomorrow night though, big matchup in the Big 12. Oklahoma's been playing really good. They're traveling on the road to Austin, Texas. Texas, a five and a half point favorite at home. Number five, Texas, eleven and two. Um, it seems like Shaka's definitely got that program going in the right direction. I spoke of Auburn getting that that guard back. Well, Auburn and Missouri, that 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 that's on the road too. So that's a that's a big game right there. Um, a couple other games. I mean, Creighton, Saint Hall. You said that Saint Hall maybe should be ranked. Creighton's got to go on the road. That could be interesting. Wisconsin-Maryland, now that Maryland's kind of got their stuff together, should be a really good game. Um, UConn, who looks, you know, pretty good, I thought, um, even though they lost to, to Creighton. But there's there's some things that we like about them. Like you mentioned, if they get healthy, they got to play Villanova. That's going to be tough. Um, but that Oregon-UCLA Thursday night, took a while to get there, but here I am. Thursday night, just like back in the day about 15 years ago, Okay, maybe not that long ago. I think that's the last time they got a team to the the Final Four, though. But anyway, um, this week we'll talk about Saturday. Friday is stacked, too. Iowa at Illinois. Illinois looks to get a big win. But then again, is Iowa just going to, you know, they're going to be pissed off from just losing, too. So before we get to Saturday's matchups, there is a lot of good games this week. Yeah, well, hell, it just – Looking at tomorrow when I'm chilling at home on my COVID time, um, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Kentucky at Bam. We just talked about that. Tennessee needs to bounce back against Mississippi State. And yeah, Mizzou, Auburn. Like Auburn just scored over 100 points in their last game. Um, so Mizzou best be ready to run because Auburn's going to run the hell out of the ball. Well, run up and on the court, I should say, with the ball, with that point guard you mentioned. Um, yeah, this is actually a really fun week, and it seems like, Chris, now that we're in the conference play, we're said pretty much most teams are halfway through conference regular season. Now the game's getting a little more competitive, too, a little more fun. It, you know, teams have uh, found their stride, maybe a team's slumping. Um, teams are starting now to look at, hey, where are we ranked? Are we on the bubble? Like, game games seem to pick up a little bit. Obviously, there's still no fans coming back anytime soon, but I feel like this is kind of the time of the year where the game, it just, everything picks up a bit because you're either confident with where you are or this is kind of like the, oh shit, guys, we got to get going now. Like, let's pick up our, pick, pick up our, a uh, feel a bit and start playing basketball. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good point. Everybody's kind of settled in and it starts to really mean at the end of January, it starts to really mean something. Um, normally, as far as the SEC and uh, Big 12 Challenge, goes i kind of like how they have it a little later 
kind of puts the uh, emphasis on it rather than trying to mix it in when the ACC and the Big Ten does it or those Thanksgiving uh, tournaments. So I kind of like that. Or even just big matchups in the non-conference. We didn't get as many this year, obviously. But um, Texas and Kentucky normally would be a big-time matchup. Uh, You know, Minnesota at Purdue, I think Purdue is going to be favored in that game. They've been playing better. But Kansas and Tennessee, Virginia, Virginia Tech, um, what was the oh, Alabama, Oklahoma, um, Alabama going on the road. Uh, what do you think? This sneaky little little club from Oklahoma, if they can get their, I wonder if they're going to get their guard back by this weekend. Um, what do you think there? You think uh, Oklahoma plays some pretty good defense? Maybe they can uh, sneak up and beat them. I'm, I'm going to sound like we're doing our college football podcast. I'm just going to bet Bama until they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick already with like them. That. Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to think that Bama's going to keep pulling this off until someone beats them. Um, that's one of those things where, you know, when you're making picks or looking for someone to win, you know, that's just kind of the hot team you keep riding until someone knocks them off. Now, could that happen? 100%. But um, obviously Bama has been tested this year. It's not like this team is, has a joke of a record. So I'll expect them to find a way to win um, in uh, against Oklahoma. Yeah, that, 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 that's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm sure that, that spread, though, it's probably, I mean, Bama might be favored by a couple of points, but that's going to be a pretty pretty small spread. Like, uh, there's not, Bama's not going to be a huge favorite at all. And maybe, no, yeah, I would say, probably two problem. two to three points at most. So, Do they even have COVID in Oklahoma or no? Um, just kidding. <laughs> um, 57, wow, look at this. According to ESPN Basketball Power Index, 57.6, and the .6 does it for me, dude. That did, When they put that .6, it's basically 58. So you're looking at a 58. To, yeah, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. I'll pick at Oklahoma in the upset. Um, I, I kind of think Virginia Tech's going to sneak up on Virginia as well. Um, Kansas, Tennessee, something's got to give with those two. Uh, well... Tennessee's offense has been really bad, so maybe they can find a way to regroup against Can't I, I don't know. It seems just like Tennessee, again, they're a hell of a defensive team. So if they can play great defense, will they be able to score enough points? I don't I don't know. I, I wouldn't I I would bet Kansas if I had to bet. I think that there yeah, there's just uh when Tennessee has played higher scout higher skilled teams this year, they've lost. They lost to Mizzou, they lost to uh recently. They lost Alabama at home. Um, I would lean Kansas. Kansas gets off the schneid. I think they're able to uh, pull that victory out in a game they need to win, too. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, and UCLA has Oregon and then Oregon State and then Oregon again over the next couple of days. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Anything else that you want to talk about before we get on out of here, sir? Uh, no, I, I think we've done, I think we hit all the main conferences. Uh, oh yeah. I'm going to say Virginia Tech or Oklahoma are going to upset one of the two. Oklahoma or Virginia Tech, one of the two at home are going to okay. protect their home court. Oh God, what, what a week for Auburn too. You got, you go, you play Mizzou and then you go to Baylor. Yeah, right. Now go that, for it. Baylor, sweet. It's like, oh, thanks. Jesus, yeah, well, they are. Well, they, yeah, they, they just scored 103 on. Yeah, they uh, got their point guard back. South Carolina. Ready. So they're, they're, they're going to, you know, if they can 
win either of those beat Missouri or Baylor. That's a, that's a hell of a good run for Auburn all of a sudden. It's like, we're talking, it's like, we're talking college football. <laughs> we're just doing it with basketball teams. It's kind of strange. You know, it's um, funny, dude, the lot, like they got a stretch. If they can somehow pull the game off. Um, and I don't think they will. Well, it's just one of the games I should say, not both of them. They can just pull one of them off. Um, they have Georgia, Old Miss, Vandy, Kentucky, Mississippi state, LSU, they closed though with uh, Tennessee and in, in, in Arizona, so maybe it could look different there. But they gotta win one of the two. Well, I mean, Bruce Pearl, you know, he's pretty much always had a really good team there, and the way they started this year, you know, they were definitely struggling offensively. They were obviously you can tell by their win loss record and by them sitting at the bottom of their uh, of their conference as of now, but. You still got time. Like we said, we're still we're still about well. Every team is pretty much halfway through their conference. So if you can go on a nice little run here, they're definitely not out of the making the tournament picture at all. And uh, same thing for your Gophers. I know that they had a tough game against Maryland. Um, I think your boys are going to bounce back. My Tariel's been playing good. I, I think all of our teams, well, the teams we cheer for in this in this show of uh, Gophers, Carolina, Missouri. Um, Things looking up. Actually, let's just quickly, just to wrap the show today, um, we did not talk about your Gophers. I just kind of want to look at their upcoming schedule. They go to, uh, y'all go, oh, uh, at Purdue, at Rutgers. Dear Lord. It's like the, <laughs> you, you're, you're traveling to play a very hot team, and you're playing a Rutgers team who's in a must situation kind of win like y'all are. So, man, you, you really don't get many buys in the Big Ten. <laughs> well, on that note, um, Chris, I'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully my COVID symptoms have stayed away and I'll be busy coaching. We will definitely be talking basketball. Um, Chris, and I literally just mentioned about 15 games on tomorrow and Saturday. They're all great to watch. So if we have 15 games to watch on Tuesday and Saturday, you're, you know, you're going to have great games for the rest of the week as well. Um, we'll be back again. Stay safe, stay warm, wear a mask. We're out tonight. Peace.